with young littles. It's it's been tough. Um, and there's times where, um, you know, I go to bed feeling like having that mom guilt because I didn't spend enough time with my kids during the day. You know, it's it's never a perfect balance, and it's always on a on a teeter totter. Um, some days the business gets my full attention, and some days the kids do. And when one of those things is getting my full attention, the other goes to the wayside a little bit. And that's just, that's just the reality of being a parent and being in business. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Pay It Forward podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keegan Walls, and we have the infamous Austin Seaworth. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we're super excited about the guest that we have on. Uh, so she is a mother of two and she owns a business called Natty West, which is a small business here in Onalaska that focuses on home decor. Um, and she also has a subsidiary business that she is just now starting for interior design called Rosemary Abode. And if that's not enough, and if that's not enough to prove that sometimes your dreams and goals in life can change, she also has a master's degree in Homeland Security. So we want to welcome to the show, Hannah Pintar. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. So before we even dive into anything else, Homeland Security, master's degree in Homeland Security, how'd that come about? Was it always a passion or? Um, so in high school, I was the kid who took every science class. I thought that that was my direction. I grew up in a medical family. My dad, um, he's a surgeon. My mom was an ICU nurse. And so clearly like that was my direction just kind of without thinking about it that's the stuff we talked about at dinner every day um it just kind of made sense to go down the medical path so i actually went into college with a um, biopsychology major and thought that that was going to be a good way to you know integrate the medical side of things that i wanted to pursue with the psychological stuff that i thought would be fun. Um, and then I took my first biology class mm-hmm. in college <laughs> and did horribly <laughs> and was like, okay, I need to need to reassess here. Um, so I was trying to figure out a way that I could come up with a similar end result um, with, you know, a different, a different way of getting there. Um, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to um, do something exciting. Um, and so I ended up taking a one credit class that helped me kind of hone in what would be a good direction for my career path. And that ended up being criminal justice. So, um, I switched my major in my second semester of college to criminal justice. And I had, at the time I had a double major with criminal justice and Spanish. Um, And then eventually to graduate early, um, I ended up just doing a minor in Spanish um, just because it would have probably taken me a whole two extra years to get that done. Um, And then when I was done with school, I I didn't feel like I knew exactly what I wanted to do and I wasn't ready to kind of try to go down that path. I was interested in a lot of different things in the criminal justice field. Everybody thinks that you have to be like a police officer or a lawyer, and that's kind of like all you have as your options. But I was really interested in the Department of Justice and in FEMA and things like that, um, disaster relief, stuff like that. And um, so I ended up saying, okay, well, you know, my parents helped me through college and I was really lucky So now I have this kind of blank slate that I can do whatever I want with. So I decided to pursue my master's degree in criminal justice. And um, that happened for, I think that was about a two-year program. During that time, um, I got married and we found out we were expecting. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be a mom that I want to be and be in the field um, because that's, you know, those, those two things don't add up. If you, if you look at people who, you know, live in DC and who are doing that whole thing or live in Virginia and are, you know, um, doing the whole FBI, that whole deal, like they, they don't have families. Right. And so I 
realized pretty quickly that I had these kind of clash of interests and I, I had to choose what I wanted to do. And since life kind of had already chosen for yeah. me, like you're having kids. And yeah. so I, um, I just had to kind of say, okay, well, we're going to pursue this other thing that we've got going on. And that's kind of where Natty West came into the picture. So, so yeah, yeah. So now the, <laughs> Natty West, the business, yeah. um, probably most people know you for obviously now starting a new one. Right. Um, how did that come about? Because didn't it start? You were. It started when I was in college, kind of as just like a little passion project with my mom. And um, we were looking for more ways to hang out because I was a student athlete. So I was never home. Um, I, I was still in lacrosse, so I was able to go to her house whenever I wanted to. Um, but you know, college kids always have excuses not to go home. <laughs> so we were, we were trying to think of a reason that we could like get together and like intentionally do something. And like I said before, I, I had this like clash of interest. So I had this, um, this interest of doing something in the workplace and thriving there. And I also had this this dream of living like a slower life and having a family and, you know, doing the little home hallmark type of thing. Yeah. And um, so, you know, at one point I, I talked to my mom and I said, you know, I'd, I've kind of always had this, this dream to like own a coffee shop or a flower shop or something. And so she's like, well, why don't we do it? Why don't we just, like try and see if we can't get there somehow. So we um, didn't have any money to invest. We didn't have, you know, anything to put up front right away to get a business started. So we decided to come up with something that would be a really low minimal investment on the front end. Um, And that ended up being candles. It was something that we could kind of recreate and make our own. Um, We noticed that we could fill a need in the community with that and so we felt it was a really good way to kind of generate some income to potentially fund this this dream that we had but we didn't really realize what that would turn into um so now looking back we we know that it was all leading us here that you know god kind of has his own plans and our our own plans are just he's like whatever you know you can think what you want but i'm gonna I'm going to take you in a different direction. And that's that's what happened. So we had been selling candles um, at vendor fairs and uh, farmers markets online a little bit. Um, and we, we had this friend who owned a Bible bookstore. And she um, was pretty sad on retiring, but she had a couple years left in her in her lease. And that actually ended up being the spot that we're at now in Natty West. Um, she reached out to us and said, hey, um, I know you guys have talked about wanting to own own a space or own a business and open up a brick and mortar. And I think this could be a really good opportunity. Also, do you want to take over my lease? <laughs> and we were like, oh, wow, like, you know, maybe that's something to consider. So we we prayed on that. And from the time she asked us to the time we signed the lease was about a month and a half. And then from the time we signed the lease to the time we opened the store was a month. So it was a very, it was a, yeah, it was a really fast turnaround. So um, the way Natty West kind of became what it is today is that we had no inventory and we were like, oh my gosh, what are we, we just signed a lease for two years for something we have no idea what we're going to do. What are we going to do? So we, we went back to all of our friends who um, we had, you know, met at these vendor fairs, met at farmer markets, farmers markets, and um, said, hey, would you be interested in consigning with us? And so it kind of turned into this um, mashup of just local, local goods. And um, consignment was a really good way for us to not have to put up any money on the front end again. Um, my mom is, she's, she's the business person like neither of neither of us went to school for business neither of us she just has more life experience so she's like we need to do this as cheap as possible how can we do that and so that's where the whole consignment thing came and when we could afford it we started you know bringing in our own inventory um kind of upping the scale of our candles and now here we are so 
That's, awesome. That's how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> how long? How long? How long ago was that when you started that? We so we started Natty West in 2019. Uh, we'd been playing around with candles, I think, for a little bit before that. Um, but we bought our LLC in 2019, okay. and then uh, we opened our storefront in 2022. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Can you explain the name? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Natty West. It's. It's something we actually came up with um, probably a few years before Natty West even happened. Um, we just, we've always kind of wanted to have a business of some sort. And so one night we were having, we were having a girl's night watching friends and like drinking wine and stuff. I was home from college and I was like, mom, if we ever had a business, what would we call it? And we came up with Natty West because we're from the West Coast. We love, we love Western type things. We, I grew up on a farm, like all it just seemed like Wes needed to be in there. Hmm. It just kind of speaks to who we are and our background. And then Natty is is a word for smart and fashionable. It's an old it's an old term for smart and fashionable. So it just kind of came about. And then when we decided to open the candle business, we're like, oh my gosh, we have a name. <laughs> we can finally use it. It's like a super cool, catchy <laughs> Super cool. Thanks. I, I'm not going to lie. I always just assumed that Natty was short for like natural. That's what I was thinking. Sure. I'll say. Yeah. Sure. Um, but good to hear I was wrong. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So how do you, what, what recommendation would you have for somebody who wants to turn their side hustle into a full-time business? So like from hearing you talk, it sounds like it was more born out of the lifestyle mm-hmm. that you wanted mm-hmm. um i mean going from working in a corporate or for the government into being your own boss and yeah. the lifestyle you wanted to create for you and your family but what recommendation would you have for somebody who's younger maybe they are in college they're trying to figure out what they want to do changing majors not quite sure what recommendation would you have from turning a side hustle into a full-time business i think um I think I definitely, if I could go, if I could go back and do it again, I would definitely listen to my interests more than what I thought I was good at, hmm. um, and what I thought my my aptitudes kind of po- pointed towards, um, like the career tests we all took in high yep. school. Um, it told me I I needed to either be like a radiologist or you know some type of salesperson or, you know like an FBI agent, like those, those were my options. And that's kind of how I set my life course. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's it. That's what I've got to work with. Um, and you know, I, I grew up with parents who really, and there's nothing wrong with this, but I grew up with parents who really valued, um, you know, the, the college path and there's, there's a way you do things and this is the only way to do things and be successful. And to a point, you can you can get to success that way. But I I would just if I could do it all over again, I would listen to my artistic side more. I would have said, okay, well, I really love to paint on the weekends. I need to dig into that more. Like, what is that about? Um, And that's what I would say is just kind of listen to your interests more than what people have told you you're good at and what you should do. Um, not only that, but if you've already had, if you already have something established, the way, the way we got started with Natty West is, you know, we were talking about earlier, it's, it's all about who, you know, and, but you can also control who, you know, so you have to get yourself kind of immersed in, in the culture that you want to be in. So we started going to vendor markets to get to know people who were, who were good at business. We started, going to farmers markets to expand our customer base. And you just have to do those little things um, that might seem like a lot of work on the front end and kind of inconvenient, um, but they they really pay off. And when you know the people, you know, that's, that's how we got to opening a consignment store is we're like in this situation, but we have a solution because we have, have the people who can help us. Yeah. So... I guess that's, if that makes sense, that's kind of how I would go about answering that. Yeah, that's really good. Everything in life, no matter what, especially in the business world, is all about everything boils down to people. Mm -hmm. On the the customer end, on the employee side, but then also just on the expansion and the growth and the actual sustainability of business, everything is about 
who you know and making connections and yeah, knowing the right people. I'd say for me and in, in my journey, everything has kind of led to that. I, mm-hmm. I knew certain people. I worked for Misty for a while. And a lot of that happened because of the connection that I had with her and her trusting me and kind of taking a shot on me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's paid off for her and it has paid off for me as well. Um, and then knowing Josh Newman and then c- contacting him and getting connected with real estate. So everywhere I've gotten has yeah. always been because of connections and right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I also like what you said about passion, that everything's about what my passion and my interest is. Mm-hmm. And I think life or God has a funny way of sometimes always bringing us back to what that is. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I went from ministry to Misty's and started some media stuff. And I'm like, For sure. I kind of like video and media and being goofy. And I don't really have like a, I, I just like, I just like, I'm, I'm silly and creative. And then all of a sudden, so I'm like, real estate. Like, well, maybe I can make real estate videos, but it didn't quite feel that <laughs> need. And now all of a sudden, boom, here we are with like a podcast. And it just yeah. keeps coming back. Even at, in ministry, yeah. I was making silly videos for the youth group. Misty, as I was making silly videos, now a little bit more well put together videos. But again, comes back. To, I just keep coming mm-hmm. back to video, and I really enjoy it. I think too, it's it's all a process of elimination. Like everyone, you you, you might think that you're gonna get it right the first time, or if you don't get it right the first time, you're not going in the right direction. But every <laughs> everything, I am the queen of burnout, and I am the queen of my life has been a process of elimination. If I yeah. if you look back at my education. I went biopsychology. Nope, that doesn't work. Okay, criminal justice. We'll try that. I really loved my internships, but I burned out in the jobs that I was in so fast over and over again. And I thought there was something wrong with me, but I didn't realize for the longest time. No, it's just you're just not in the right area. Yep. So I think the modern, well, not modern, but the the school system in general does such a disservice Mm -hmm. of helping people realize what they're passionate about and how they can monetize and make an li- make a living out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, tough to know what you want to do taking a biology class, unless you want to be a biologist. <laughs> right. right? And, unless or, you're going to do research for, for a living. For <laughs> sure. Or criminal justice, like being a cop, all those mm-hmm. things are great. But and, and I think most kids, students know inside what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the meme is popping in my head, but gotta find a way to make money. <laughs> hey, we will right now. I will but, figure out a way right post that meme to this part of the episode. I gotta figure out how to make money on this thing. It's simply too good. I gotta figure out how to make money on this. I really want to. That it's over the true. Top. <laughs> if if you're passionate about something, you can monetize anything, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter if it's candles or mm-hmm. if it's a podcast or whatever it is, you can find a way to monetize it. Mm -hmm. And at first you might not make millions and millions of dollars, but it might build a great lifestyle for you and your family. It will fulfill your deep passions of serving others and like following what you're supposed to do. And I really think most people know that Mm -hmm. at a young age and know that as a student, but they're told to go down this path. Mm -hmm. They're told to I'm not really, this is the degree that I'm going down for sure. But they just, they try to find it in school. And I'm speaking from personal experience. You will not find that in the academic setting. You will find that going and immersing yourself in different things that you're interested in, in those groups. And I love what you said about immersion. And that's something that I try to do in anything that I'm going after. Um, My wife, Becca, and I are starting this bookkeeping business and um. I know enough to be dangerous about bookkeeping <laughs> and financial statements and stuff like that, but I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to learn from people who have gone the path before me. And so joining masterminds and like being a part of that community. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more with that of immersing yourself in those communities. But really, I think most people do at their heart know that at a young age. They just don't know how to monetize it. Yeah. yeah. So, And that's good for any young people person listening, maybe you're a little bit younger than your entrepreneurial journeys that even starting out, maybe you are in your high school or finishing up high school or thinking about going to college. And that's just a good lesson that, you know what, we are all so uniquely made. Mm -hmm. Some people like my wife knew immediately from a young age what she wanted to be. She wanted to be a nurse and she was an incredible nurse Mm -hmm. um, and she knew that's what she wanted. So going to nursing school, that makes sense. But then there's people like I'm very, I'm just, I can never fit inside of a box. And I just have so many weird passions and desires and loves that don't ever seem to mesh. So it's always like, is there a single job or anything out there that could ever mix all of them? And when you're young, that is the time to experiment mm-hmm. and, and with, with jobs and, and trying to figure out what you like and trying out different things and career paths and opportunities. Um, 
but there's this pressure on, no, it has to be, I go to high school, I know my degree right away, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I know my job right away, and I never leave it. I remember yeah. taking an aptitude career test in the eighth grade. Yeah. And I think that while it's good intentioned and it, you know, the generation before us, like, it totally makes sense why they would give us that test. Yeah. But at the same time, it totally narrows your options. And now you're not looking anywhere else. And at, as such a young kid, that's a really important time to yeah. be exploring your interests. And now I'm being told, okay, well, this is what I'm set for. That's my focus now. Yeah. You know, before you were even graduated from high school. Yep. That's a big deal. I, yeah, I took a couple of those and I was terrified. I was, yeah. Oh my gosh, you got you got to be kidding me. That's what I got to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. I better study up. I'm dropping out of school. Oh, my yeah. life's going to suck. <laughs> but for some people too, a job is, it. it's less about the job, but it's more about the lifestyle. Exactly. Right. And I'm, that's yeah. kind of what I'm hearing from you yes. as well. I mean, yes. you're obviously passionate about what you do and what you started, but um, it was also for the lifestyle that mm-hmm. it provides for your family. And I mean, there's people that are that work a job that's probably not the most exciting and they make an average money, but it's stable. They work nine to five. They know they can spend the weekends with their mm-hmm. families and the evenings and go home and have dinner and shut it off. And right. that's completely fine oh, too. Yeah. And that's, they don't find their purpose or their passion in their work. Mm-hmm. They find it in their family life and outside of that. And work is just something that they have to do to do that. Not for, sure. for me, but uh, th- there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think too, like if I'm looking at my own life, um, the passion really, really comes from what, what the job has allowed me to do because the creative stuff doesn't get to happen every day. Yeah. Right. The creative stuff is like the, the icing on the cake and the cake is, you know, being on QuickBooks and, yep. you know, doing the back end work and all of the, all of the finance crap that I didn't learn how to do. So now I have to Google it and yep. <laughs> all of that stuff. Um, but when I, you know, get to sit on my porch at, 10 in the morning on a weekday mm-hmm. watching my son play in his little kiddie pool and I get to hold my daughter and you know I don't have to let somebody else experience those things for me yep it it's all worth it yep that's that's what's most valuable to me yeah for sure and I think there's a good lesson to learn from your story too of like it wasn't an option to just dip into the 200 grand that's sitting in the bank and buy this inventory and start Mm -hmm. this business or go Mm -hmm. find capital. Like you say, Hey, that it's not an option. Like we got to find, how can we make this work Mm -hmm. with, with what we have without going and raising a bunch of money and like making this big production, like started selling candles and (laughs) took money from candles to lead the direction that you, that you go. So, I mean, I don't, don't think you need to go out and raise a bunch of money to no. start for a lot of people. Um, if you have this vision in your mind, how can you get there with what you have? And mm-hmm. I think you did awesome to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And luckily, like we were able to kind of turn it into something that we were really proud of. Like I wasn't super, if I'm being honest, I wasn't super excited about making candles. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'd rather be doing something else creative. Like I had a I had a vision for what I wanted to do, but I didn't exactly love the way to get there. But along the along the way, we really learned to love the candle making process and making it something that is consumer safe and, you know, eco friendly and all of those things that, you know, not necessarily the object that I'm super passionate about, but maybe more the experience that it gives people mm-hmm. is is a benefit too. Yep. So, um, you know, not everything is going to look exactly the way you want it to in the beginning or, you know, but you, you learn to make it into something really beautiful. Yeah. And it all just starts with taking, taking action and taking that mm-hmm. first step and then trusting the process and following after that dream and passion. Mm-hmm. And you started with the, with the candles and then it led yep. to the store and then you found your passion in something that maybe mm-hmm. wasn't the perfect fit, but it all starts with, you know what? I got to take action. This is right. what I want. This is where I want to get. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have the perfect 3,000 page business plan all ready to go at some point. We I did just, not. I, I just have to go because we'll never know yeah. enough. We'll never yeah. know as much as somebody else. And so if that's what's yep. holding us back, at some point, just say yes mm-hmm. and take the first step. Absolutely. And if I didn't, if I didn't have, you know, for me, it was my mom. But if I didn't have somebody telling me, let's just do it. I never would have mm-hmm. because I was so okay with the mold that I'd put myself into. 
So I, I am really grateful that I had somebody to tell me, well, let's just try this and see what happens. Yeah. Because not everybody has that. So if you're watching this, you should just try it. What, what other happens. fears did you have <laughs> um, starting a business as an entrepreneur? What going out of college? What other fears did you have? I, yeah, I think th- I think the biggest thing was I just got my master's degree mm-hmm. and I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. That was really stupid. Mm-hmm. I went from no debt to a lot of debt in two years. And now I'm not even going to put that debt to use. Yeah. And I had to kind of wrestle with that. And um, if it if it weren't for my husband telling me it's OK, I think I would have just been like, well, that's over with. Um, but yeah, I think I think the biggest fear was. I, I just made this huge financial investment for my family and I'm, and I'm not putting it to use. Mm-hmm. And is that okay? Um, cause it didn't feel okay yeah. based on everything I'd been taught before, you know? Um, so what would you do differently for somebody who is considering furthering their education mm-hmm. and not quite sure what they want to do with it? Yeah. What advice do you give to that person? So that, that is tough because you know, I, I look at that and I say, okay, well, now that I've done it, I can certainly use it someday. I could teach um, if that's something I ever end up wanting to do because it's not like I don't love that, you know, area of education still. I, I still love the material. I love learning about it and I, I'm still learning about it. Um, but it's obviously not something that I'm going to be doing with my life. So I can use that as, you know, okay, maybe down the road I can teach with that or something. But if, if I could do it again, I would just wait. I would just yeah. wait and live life a little more and really make sure that that is exactly what I wanted to do because I think I did it because I wasn't sure. And I was a little scared to go out into the real world and get a job. <laughs> so yeah. I was just like, well, let's just go back to school because that feels comfortable. Yeah. That feels safe. Yeah, I've done that for the last four years, you know, and then before that for my whole life. So school felt safe. And so I just did it. And I, if I could do it again, I think I would wait. Safe and expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank gosh. I never went beyond one semester. Saves <laughs> Is that all? I did. Yeah. For those who don't know my college experience, I did. I have a whole semester of college under my belt at the University of Kansas. Rock a whole so one, right. a whole one semester. A whole one semester is unbelievable. <laughs> Yep. That's great. So with the rise of e-commerce and online shopping and Amazon, um, how do you, how do you balance that with a brick and mortar store? Um, so we, we currently have, you know, a very kitschy little, you know, online setup. It's, it's nothing special. It's, it's mainly just to get candles to customers who don't live here. Um, who, who want them. Um, but we don't really go much farther beyond, beyond that. We have like our devotionals and things online, but our, our big focus is because, you know, we're, we're very pro shop local. Mm -hmm. We want people to come in and experience it physically because that makes such a huge difference for us on whether or not customers are going to come back is if they, (laughs) if they get to pet Louie, our dog, our shop dog, if they get to, you know, smell the candle we're burning that day. Um, you know, just feeling the quality of products. You you don't get to do that online. So it's it's we do use social media a lot to constantly remind people the value of coming in physically to a store and especially a small business. Because um, when you're doing that, I'm I'm not afraid to tell people instead of you know funding someone else's fourth home in Nantucket, you're you know, helping my kids go to swim lessons. And, yep. and that actually like resonates with people. It's not a mean thing to say. It's just, it's just the truth. So we're just very honest with, with our customers and say, we, you know, we truly appreciate your business and it would be best spent. You know, your business is best spent physically in the store. You're going to have the best experience there. So any way that we can reiterate that, whether that's through social media, through, you know, trying to keep up with social media trends, like reels and all of those things. Um, just constantly showing the benefit of, of physically coming into the store is, is kind of how we, we balance that. Cause for us, there's really no other way (laughs) we're, we're a two woman show. Maybe, you know, now we have a part-time employee, so like two and a half. And, And so, um, we, we, we can't, we can't put everything online. We can't, we just, we just can't compete in that way. 
Yeah. So we've we've just kind of had to figure out something else to do. But so. I love that because that's small. Ultimately, small business is the vibrancy in the culture of a community. Mm -hmm. Like everything about where you live and your town, whether it's big or small, mm -hmm. it, it's run on small businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, we've just gotten to a day and age with everything in technology that it's just way easier to click a button and my package arrives in two days. Sometimes it's late. Mm -hmm. um, but there is importance of still getting out there and still going to the store mm -hmm. and shopping local and supporting local because mm -hmm. it's helping our community right exactly. here. Exactly. It's just super important. Mm -hmm. And come on, people. We can all remember the nostalgic feeling of on a Friday night going to a blockbuster store. Yeah. Netflix can never come. <laughs> it's you so true. For that. <laughs> yeah. like, yep. That's small business. It's the nostalgic, like, hallmark moment. Mm-hmm. Man, it's yeah, it's exactly. It's like watching Netflix versus going to Blockbuster or the movie theater. Yep. Like the excitement isn't there. Right. So if you the online shopping, sure, you can like doom scroll for hours and find what you want. But you aren't going to walk out of that feeling good about yeah. it. You're probably gonna be like, oh, crap. There's a whole I, experience yeah. behind it. Like if I just order mm -hmm. one candle on Amazon, OK, I'd, I mean, the goal was to get a candle. and I did get mm -hmm. the candle, but I did miss out a little bit on getting out and the experience mm -hmm. of it. I can watch a movie and sure, I watch the same movie I would have gotten at Blockbuster, but mm -hmm. as a kid and growing up, there is that nostalgic feeling that just shows you it's beyond just the goods. Mm -hmm. It's the experience and everything that's more yeah. than that. It's built into that and that's small business. That's the DNA of a small business. And I will say too that that is why we like to hold pop-up shops a lot. Um, we hold a lot of pop-up shops with businesses we we don't directly work with, but a lot of times with the ones that we do so that they, that our customers can have a meet the maker experience mm. and they can, you know, ask about why did you start the business? Why did you, you know, what's different about your product? And you can have this one-on-one -on -one with a cut with a, you know, business professional to customer that you wouldn't get to have in an online setting. You know, maybe you could like online chat with somebody, but it's, it's not the same and you yeah. don't feel like you're, valued as a customer when you're shopping online when someone checks out at our store they can see the gratefulness on my face mm -hmm. and i think that that is something that people enjoy too is i they're they're seeing you know where their money is going mm -hmm. it's not just disappearing <laughs> this was probably not the episode to buy a mini fridge on amazon right I love Amazon. I do. It's so easy. We have we had a discussion about a minute and thirty seconds. We should have a mini fridge in here. Yeah. And a minute and thirty seconds later, there's a mini fridge on the way and it'll be at my house tomorrow. But, but I apologize for that if that offended you. No, no, I I am an avid Amazon user. <laughs> to be fair, I've been to Natty West and unless they've changed their inventory, we could not have bought You couldn't have. Right. Now, if Could you would have, have gone and bought candles, right. I would have been like, right. I don't know, maybe I'm not staying for this podcast. <laughs> no, we did not. We did not. <laughs> so let's dive deep into that a little bit for the small yeah. business owner that is a local brand. They're a local business that's in-person shopping. What resources are available to those businesses or what do you suggest people get involved with to, to get that local community? Yeah, I I mean the the vendor markets were were a huge deal for us and it and especially in our area there's so many of them which you know it's it's so good because you know there's one over in this town and then the next month there's one in in the town next door and then you know there's just literally every month there's something going on here and so if you are local to like the lacrosse area it's so easy to get involved all you have to do is pay a vendor fee and then you get to be there for the day or the weekend mm. selling th selling your wares or services and and meeting everybody and it's such um it's such a good community too because everybody wants each other to for the most part everybody wants each other to succeed yeah um i think it's it's pretty you know universal that small business owners feel like there is enough room for everybody um, and so you just you just kind of have to ask, you know, for help if you need it. You just have to ask the right questions. And, um, you know, some people might be like, oh, I don't want to tell you all my secrets. Yeah. But other people will definitely be like, OK, well, this is how I did this. This is how, you know, we got here. Um, 
and they're not afraid to share that. So that's something we do a lot. You know, we're not, we have a couple different things happen. So sometimes people will walk in the store and be like, oh, how'd you, how'd you get started? I'd love to own my own business one day. Love mm -hmm. having that conversation. Yeah. I love having that conversation. Other people will say, hey, where do you buy your wax and your glass and your wicks and your scents? Because <laughs> I want to make candles. <laughs> and we're like, Hmm. <laughs> you know, those are two very different conversations. But if you have like, you know, you've already got your own business established or um, idea established, like everybody is happy to happy to help and ha happy to share the resources. Um, but most of it just like I said, it comes it comes from who, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, if you don't know a lot of people, you just you have to. So how are you going to change that? You have to put yourselves in the situations to do that. And a lot of that around here is is vendor markets and farmers markets and all that kind of stuff. So that seems that's to be great. what's what's popular right now. So that's where everybody is. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And so embracing motherhood and business, can you speak to balancing those two? Because your career change, a lot of it had to do with that family. Yeah. And now being a full-time mom and a young entrepreneur running her own shop. Mm -hmm. How have you learned to balance those? Have you, you know, I've seen your, well, now you have two, but I've, <laughs> I've seen your one yeah. <laughs> at the shop with you. What's that like? Yeah, um, it goes without saying that it it takes, it always takes a village. Um, it takes an incredible support system. I would not, if I was a single mom, this wouldn't be a possibility. If If I didn't have, you know, extended family nearby, we wouldn't have childcare. It wouldn't make sense for me to, you know, be out when I could be home watching my own kids because childcare is so expensive. So we we have been we have been very fortunate to have people in our lives that are willing to help make this happen. Um and you know, one of those things is is free childcare. My mom, when I'm not working, um, she's working and when she's you know, when she's not working she's watching the kids. And so it just, it just kind of works like that. Um, as far as, um, in, in our own household, um, my husband works from home. So that is another way that we're making this happen because, you know, he can, he can be home with the kids for an hour, um, and allow me to run to the shop if there's an emergency or something like that, which I'm, I'm not sure I would be able to do if he, if he wasn't working from home. Um, so it's not to say that um, that everybody can do it as as a mom, um, you know, with with young littles. It's it's been tough, um, and there's times where, um, you know, I go to bed feeling like having that mom guilt because I didn't spend enough time with my kids during the day. You know, it's it's never a perfect balance, and it's always on a on a teeter totter. Um, some days the business gets my full attention, and some days the kids do, and when one of those things is getting my full attention, the other goes to the wayside a little bit. And that's just, that's just the reality of being a parent and being in business. Um, but my hope is that when the kids are older, um, the few times that I have had to, you know, kind of step away from my role of being a mom for, you know, a day or two at a time, that they realize that this, this was all for them. Mm -hmm. um, this was to make it so that down the road we can have more time together when they're a little bit older, you know, because a startup, it's it's kind of a baby. Yep. It's a baby within itself. So I've got three babies right now. <laughs> I've got yeah, my yeah, business absolutely. baby and I've got my two babies. So um, you have to you have to give them all attention. But ha the question is how and there's really no there's really no good answer. You just kind of make it you you make it happen because you want to. Mm -hmm. Have you learned anything that's like helped make either the balance or the rhythm a little bit better? Um I yeah, I think I think I have gotten really good at multitasking. Um there <laughs> there are times where I'm sitting in my kitchen um with you know, I've got Bluey on TV with my son eating his lunch and I've got the baby carrier on and I'm bouncing like this and I'm typing um, <laughs> to try and get work done. Or I'm like working on a 3D rendering for Rosemary Bode <laughs> and it takes me a little bit longer. Everything takes a little longer, but it's 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 all getting done at the same time. Yeah, that's, um, real, that's real multitasking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Cool, um, so it's, it's, it's just, 
making it happen. If you want to make it happen, it, you just have to. It's just it's just a matter of okay, this is this is going to be a grind, but but we're going to do it. And it's yeah. I, you know, I don't have eight arms, but I'm going to have to anyway. You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're just going to have to do it all at once. <laughs> and now throw in another upcoming mm-hmm. business. So speak to a boat, Rosemary Abode. Yeah, speak to that. Um, so it it works really well with Natty West and you know it kind of it cap it 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 kind of happened on its own and in a very organic way we had people who would come into the shop and want to buy home decor for their homes and would just say well I don't really know where to start can you help me and so in my mind I'm like okay well I could probably monetize this I could you know I'm I'm running around the shop and you know, asking them to show me pictures of their home and what's your what's your color palette and all of these things. What's a color palette? So let's make a color palette and all of yeah. these things. Okay, I'm doing this for free. I should definitely be charging for this at least, you know, a little something. So um, I, you know, about a year ago um, when we were opening the store, um, I reached out to Carson Cox with Rooted Woodworking, and he was going to make us some built-ins, and he was going to make us um, the countertop at our store for, like, the checkout area, Um, and kind of through knowing them, they're actually now the godparents to our second child. Mm, Like, we have just grown so close um, as friends, and in doing that, I have kind of just come across a really good business mentor friend um, who has been like okay so you are doing interior design and you're not charging for it what gives (laughs) like you need to you need to start you know figuring that out and and turning that into income because you have a family to feed and that's the truth is you know your your time is so valuable that you you know it seems like oh gosh am i is that rude of me <laughs> to like want to charge for that? And heck no, right? But but that's not at all. <laughs> I know, but for some reason, like people can get stuck in that. Like, oh, you know, this should just maybe be a part of the Natty West experience, and they just get this. But then, then begs the question: Well, where do I raise? You know, where do I up chart up? You know, where do I up prices? Yeah, and um, that was something that. You know, I had, I started thinking about it probably almost six months after Natty West opened because so often we were, you know, helping design spaces and I'd have designers come into our shop to buy stuff for their customers. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is silly. Like I need to, I need to make this a service that people have to purchase Yep. Um, because my time as a mother and as a really overworked business person is, is too valuable and for me to want to get to the end goal that I have been dreaming of, which is, you know, living comfortably, I I need to charge where where it is appropriate. Yep. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's either you, you charge or you're giving away your time. Exactly. Free. And I'm not saying don't help people. Mm-hmm. When it comes to business and work, mm-hmm. your time is money. It is. And so at some right. point you have to charge for it. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to build you have to have an economic model that can run without you, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you just, you have a job for mm-hmm. yourself and you're working for yourself, but it's a job for mm-hmm. yourself versus building a business that you can have a couple part-time employees or people that yep. are in the store and working and um, you just, at the end of the day, you have to have an economic model that works. Right, so, so that's, um, that is why we um hired somebody we we initially hired somebody to kind of take over when i when i had my second child um because i wanted at least to have a month or two of maternity leave you know um but then we decided to keep her on because she was bringing a different aspect to the store that we didn't have she was bringing you know different customers we didn't have she'd brought she just brought something different yeah and not only that but it opened up time it opened up time to make more money so I think, I think um, in business, new business owners are so afraid of hiring too, because it's like, wow, that's a lot of money. They're going to tax the crap out of me on that one. You're so afraid of it. But then, you, at, you know, you truly can't afford not to hire because it's, it's opening up new 
revenue streams for you, yep. new new areas that you have time to focus on. I had time to kind of put up a little bit of an online store. And now that she's working there, I have time to run to the post office and send out candle orders. I have time to work on my interior design and and have design meetings because I'm not at the shop every single day. It's kind of starting to do its its own little thing that I can, you know, do the back end work on when I need to. Um, but it really is is starting to get to a place where I hope it it will start running itself. Yeah. So I think I mean we talk about it in real estate of what are your what are your dollar producing activities? What is your dollar per hour and what mm-hmm. you're working on? And I think um, that is absolutely true. As long as you're replacing that now time that you bought back by hiring that employee and replacing it with a dollar producing activity. If mm-hmm. you replace it with going and hanging out on the river more or, you know what <laughs> I mean, playing more golf, then probably not as beneficial. But if right. you replace it with now we're going to start this, implement a new service as a part of this business and mm-hmm. vertically integrate this and start design services. And mm-hmm. and then eventually you build a system and you build a model around that and you bring on somebody part-time. I mean, that's how business is built right. um, by always replacing yourself, but make sure you're putting yourself into a position that's going to generate more revenue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if it's sure. just you by yourself. Great, you have a business, but you're never going to grow. It's never going to for grow. sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You only have so much time. Yep. Yep. 100%. Mm-hmm. And it come when it completely relies on you. I mean, that's there. There is a time limit on that because people will get burnt out. They'll get tired up, tired of it. Um, I mean, something's going to happen that there's just going to be no longevity in that business. Mm-hmm. That's just anything so. in life, though. We're not made to do things by ourselves. We are mm-hmm. made for help and community yep. and connection. So yep. it mm-hmm. only makes sense. So where can people go if they want to, if they're looking to get some interior design help or how do they find Rosemary Abode? Um, so rosemaryabode.com. Um, that is the quickest way to find us. We're also on Instagram, um, just at rosemaryabode. Um, and then I also have my Spoke platform. Spoke is where I do all of my design work and where I have my client interfacing. So um, those, those are the three places to find us. Great. Sure. And we'll be able to showcase some of your work on our wall behind yeah. us eventually. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have dreams and desires <laughs> for this. We have stuff on the way. And then I was like, wait a sec, you do interior design. Yep. If we're going to be limited to me and Austin's brain, this is going to be rough. Yep. <laughs> Maybe you'll get like a little sign on a shelf or something. Rosemary. Yeah. Yeah. Free yeah. branding. Yeah. Right. There we go. Our first sponsor, maybe. Yeah. Free sponsor. Wow. Already, right. Already doing, she's doing us the social improvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge. Now, yeah. also, could you pay us? Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> right. A bit. Let me just give you all the money I have because I have so much of it. Right. <laughs> so well, that's great. <laughs> so, where do you see yourself in the next? two to three years, obviously starting newer businesses. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit younger. I don't want to ask where you're going to be in five to 10 years. Yeah. But where do you hope to find yourself with both of these businesses? Do you hope to find uh, like a third one branch out from that or mm-hmm. the next two to three years? What are you, what do you visualize in your head? So, um, we, you know, a little, it's not a super secret, but, um, we are hoping to find a bigger space um for for our shop somewhere where we can have like an interior design office and you know more of a candle studio maybe more of a um maybe more of a customer immersed experience in making candles Mm -hmm. things like that that would just kind of enhance enhance what we already have um so maybe two three years down the road we're in a we're in a place that's twice as big hopefully still in the same area um, and we have been looking at some things like that. Um, it's just a matter of whether the finances are going to align and whether, whether, you know, if, you know, if that's really where God wants us to go, we, we've been kind of in this season of waiting and praying about our direction and okay, God, if, if this is what we're supposed to do, um, just make it happen. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, we, we know it wasn't supposed to happen. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if our finances aren't there, it's because it's not the right thing for us. So we're kind of just in this season of waiting to hear um, what what God's got for us next, because we <laughs> we have learned that 
our ideas don't always work out so well. And, and God's plan is so much bigger than what we had ever intended. Um, so that's that's where we're at at the moment. I love it. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to wait. <laughs> yep. 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 And that that has been that has been pretty tough for us because we are always kind of the let's let's make it happen right now kind of thing. Like like when I was telling you guys how I was telling my mom my dream of owning a shop of some kind. She's like, let's, let's just do it, you yeah. know. And that's how we feel all the time about all the ideas that we have. <laughs> And so it's having a good balance of, okay, let's let's take a breath and let's pray on this and make sure that this is the direction that is going to truly advance God's kingdom in in the best way that he that he wants for us because that's what our business is about. That's the whole the whole reason we're doing this is to create a space really for people to come and encounter Jesus on some level. That's why we carry the books we do. That's why we play the music we do. It's, you know, one thing that has been really funny that I I really love doing to people is they walk in the store and I think on some level they're encountering the Holy Spirit because we're not afraid of anointing that place after, you know, certain characters coming in and out of there. (laughs) And People will walk in and be like, wow, it's so peaceful. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, it's Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> welcome to our... <laughs> wow, so all of a sudden I, see, I feel right. filled out. And you're like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. Right, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, weird. And I'm like, okay, come back later. <laughs> come oh, back when you're ready. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So can you, can you speak a little bit more to faith and business? So, yeah. I mean, we're pretty open in yeah. that Jesus is my ultimate passion and Jesus is everything in life. Mm -hmm. Like that's what everything boils down to. So talk about your work and mixing the, that's your true passion, but using something else for ministry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're never gonna, we, we want to attract people of all kinds into the store. So we're never going to slap, you know, a sign on, on the window that says, we're Christians because, you know, that's going to unfortunately drive some people away. So we we definitely want you to meet us and to, you know, see the shop um, and get to know us. And then, oh, what's that song that's playing? Oh, this is an interesting book. I've, I've never read a devotional before. Um, and kind of just allowing god to show himself through what we already have instead of trying to be big showboats about it because we we know that that's not how um that's not how any of us have come into the faith we all came into the faith um either either growing up in it or having a true organic experience Mm -hmm. with god um and that has to happen so we have to get your foot in the door you know so we're not going to um I don't know. Like I said, we're not going to slap a big sign on the on the window that says, you know, this is this is our church. I mean, we we definitely we kind of see it that way. Like this is this is our our ministry and to us, like this is what we're doing in our workplace, but um we we really try to go about it in a subtle yet not so subtle way if that makes sense like we we really want people to walk in and be like this is what we're about we like they're obviously about this Mm -hmm. um yeah it's i don't that's a tough question though Mm -hmm. i guess um i think too it's it's about how you do business i think we've learned that um in interacting with a lot of businesses that there there is a clear difference and how um, Christians and non-Christians are okay with conducting their businesses. And we we want to make sure that everything we're doing is 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 for God, whatever whatever that might look like. And one of those pieces is again, you know, not necessarily putting my wants and needs first but like being open and listening to what God might have for us, even though in the beginning it might not look so appealing, but you know, later down the road, it's like, wow, this, this, I'm so glad we did this and pursued this because 
this is so much better than I ever could have imagined. And that's, I think that's just kind of how it goes in life too, not just, not just business, but yeah. So I have a question. Yes. So you mentioned before that you're kind of in a season of waiting, mm -hmm. right? Of where does God want me to go or yep. take this business or if the finances are there, we'll um, explore this new space or new options. Mm -hmm. Where is the line? And this is a great question. There's no <laughs> right answer. But where's the line between waiting on God and if it's going to happen, it's going to happen and God feeds the birds, but he mm -hmm. doesn't bring the worms to their nest, right? Mm -hmm. The birds still got to go out and find the worms and do the work, but he will provide. There's plenty of worms for the birds to find. Mm -hmm. So where is that line between waiting on the direction of God, of hoping that or praying that there will be finances there to do this versus I know I'm doing this for the right reason. Mm -hmm. And I can make those finances happen and we can use those mm -hmm. to glorify God and to use this business to glorify God. Where is the line between that, between waiting for a direction and, and making it happen, but doing it for the right purpose? Mm -hmm. I think in all of it, you just have to follow the, I, this term is so overused, but it, it's so true. Just follow the peace. Yeah. Like whatever makes you know your heart sing truly like if that's if you feel like that is where god is taking you and you but you may not have gotten a concrete clear you know letter in the mail from yeah. from jesus christ that you should <laughs> pursue something like yeah there's you know you you will know in your heart if it's if it's what you should be doing and i i truly believe that if you yeah. if you have asked god to show you he will come back with, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to let you feel this way about it. And so, okay, I feel really good about moving forward in this sense of, of business or adding a service to my business. And this feels like it's really God honoring Then it probably is. Mm -hmm. um, we have just noticed that in our business and in our experience, you know, things have just kind of come, fell in our laps. Mm -hmm. And so for now, um, we're just kind of rolling with that. And if if things change up on us a little bit and we're like, okay, well, haven't heard from you in a while, but we feel really good about it, you know, yeah. then we're, we're still probably going to pursue that because ultimately our intentions are for Jesus. Yep. And, and, and that's really all you need. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, I really like that question a lot. <laughs> that was That was a good question. And I would add that if you are a Christian and a Christian business person or mm -hmm. employee, ultimately it's a tough question because it is between that, the answer to that question is your relationship with exactly. Jesus. It is led by the Holy Spirit. It might be, the Holy Spirit might be leading somebody to something else, it might be leading you to wait mm -hmm. and somebody else who's in a similar position of I'm thinking about making this next step mm -hmm. for them. It mm -hmm. might be in their heart that God is telling them to go. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately it comes down to, am I in continual relationship with Jesus and yep. trusting him and following yeah. his leadership? Mm -hmm. But there is no black and white answer. Right. But ultimately I have to follow him because I better make, I better not just be calling myself a Christian and not really following after God. I better be following after God fully mm -hmm. and then I know and can trust because his leadership him the Holy Spirit is within you Holy, Holy exactly is going to overflow and lead me to where I need to get right. if you're not really an active relationship then yes you might be building your own dream and building your own kingdom mm -hmm. but I can tell you what you building your own kingdom will not that is not bringing glory to God mm -hmm. and that is not about advancing his kingdom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there is a wrestle and I think ultimately it's are you really chasing and following after Jesus? And then it's coming down to your own personal relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit living in you. And you yeah. can probably analyze that pretty quickly by asking yourself, is this for me? Yep. You know, and if it is for you, then it's probably not, you know, it's... And, go ahead. and wrestle with it. Right. Like, we all know yeah. the right answer. Too often when we get right. asked a question, we go, well, no, it's for... It's for the mm -hmm. right reason. It's like, just because you know the answer, just because you answered the right answer, what's the fruit of it? For it, sure. That's, like, I, that's I what, what's, your, yeah. what's the fruit? Yep. Like, 
what's the fruit of what you're doing mm -hmm. that's probably the heart behind it mm -hmm. yep exactly and how are you talking and how are you treating people too because i mean out of the heart uh, like over out of the whatever the phrase is out of the overflow of your heart like speaks your mouth right mm -hmm. like if i'm if i'm grumpy and angry my reactions are probably going to be harsh. I'm going to say, no, I'm calm. Well, no, I'm not calm. <laughs> not really. I'm, I'm happy I'm about it. I'm <laughs> angry about this, or I'm maybe not in a good place and not where I yeah. need to be. Like, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a deep <laughs> It's a deep question. You could probably spend you could three spend episodes on that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, this was great. Yeah. This was awesome. Yeah. Man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. And I'm sure our guests will soon see the lovely display by... By Thursday, Anna. right? No. <laughs> no. At some point, sometime in the future. But yeah, sincerely, great yeah, thank you so much, conversation. Anna. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We sincerely hope that you found value in today's episode and heard one thing that you can take back and implement into your life today. As always, we appreciate your support and hope you can find a way this week to pay it forward.